0: Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. Uh, this is Michael with the Redemption Podcast. This is Brandon
1: of Gamer's Table.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is Shannon. Everyone knows what I'm in, so I'm not going <laughs> to.
3: <laughs> this is Maddie. Um, I play Joe in and Glitchface, and I am the project manager at Ancient Alchemy Game Studios. Thank you. Nice what are we talking about this week, Egg?
0: <laughs> okay,
4: I wasn't last. I was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, uh, yeah, somebody, somebody fucked up. The
0: look and then the Ma- cue. Maddie, right? Maddie
2: just never done it before. <laughs> I, know, I know.
0: having her, having her do it I'm last. hearing a
1: lot of excuses right now. <laughs> that
0: was great. So uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about getting into character. Oh, boy. Um, and for the most part, we're going to talk about... You know, process. Like, what do you do? I mean, some people it's it's just as easy as just sitting down, looking at the character sheet, and they're in character. Right. Some people are always in character because their characters are always the same. I'm talking about you know, f- from my perspective, it's it, it it could be a little bit more of an advanced, uh, like almost like an advanced character theory. Uh, so if you're not interested in that level of, you know, digging that into that level, that's fine. Uh, but we may go into some of that stuff. So,, uh, just to give you a fair warning, uh, a lot of this stuff that that I'm gonna bring up and we're gonna talk about is techniques that actors and writers use uh, for uh, getting into character or, or you know, making characters, things like that.
1: I'm really interested in what Shannon's <laughs> are because we she wasn't here for the last episode. I don't know how, what order these are coming to. the coming last episode was, The anxiety. And that would have been perfect for Shannon. This one is gonna be I have no idea. I'm I am also in the dark in this and I've played games with Shannon. (laughs) I would love to know what your headspace is when you get into a character. That sounds like Shannon. I think we've been nominated to go first. Yeah, Yeah, go for it.
4: But it's secret.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I do a lot of thinking about my character's overall development. So I think about like both Eric and now Maddie can attest to how much I text about my character to <laughs> other people. It's kind of just an easy slip when we're at the game table because, like, I've thought so much about my character and what my character would and wouldn't do. So there's not, like, any, like, ritual that I do, like, right before a game. It's mostly just talking about my character all day, every day.
0: Well, I mean, that's and that's certainly a way of doing it. It's it's keeping the character fresh in your mind and, and you know, working out, uh, you know, thoughts and, and stuff like that. So that's certainly something that, that I think sense. is a good thing.
1: I think yeah. it's, like, it's almost like you're referencing – because you're talking about it all the time, it's almost like referencing a character from a show or something, and then you just act as that character you've already created.
2: Right, and it makes it easier. Like, the more fleshed out I have a character, the easier it is to be like, oh, this is what she would do or this is what – she wouldn't do it. This is like you know, you know their thoughts and feelings. And I especially really like. I really like the little things. So I'm not just talking about fleshing out like this person did this, this, and this. One of the details about Eris from Rust and Glitchface that I have texted Eric was about what she wore to her sister's debutante ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the kind of uh, shit I get when I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here at, my, at work. My phone is constantly going off. I'm like, "What the fuck, Shannon?" <laughs> you think you're the only one that? Gets oh that no, text no! Off? I, 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 I completely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Maddie too. <laughs> everyone,
2: everyone at this table. Everybody at this table has been had to deal.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: with you. Oh, I got you. I thought you were saying texting Eric Thirst. stuff.
2: <laughs> no, has dealt with Shannon spam.
1: Oh, no.
3: Sometimes I'll like yeah. I'll be in class and I'll I'll get out and I'll be like seven text messages and I'm like from Shannon. Only and seven. Only seven. They're like lengthy text messages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Full ass. Is paragraphs.
4: it like the one of three? Uh, like I have family members and friends also that, that do that. Well, they'll text and they don't really realize they've hit the limit of the text. So they just keep talking. So oh, they yeah. come in and they're not necessarily in the right order. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: I do that yeah. to Brandon all the time. All the time.
1: <laughs> and then I have to like I have to look at it and then piece it together a to just make it at, uh, to an actual story or something. And I'm like, oh,
0: my God, this is horrible. a, a cohesive narrative. Yes, what because
1: saying. so many uh, so many times it's yeah, it's completely broken. And I'm like, <laughs> like I get the reveal or it's something like, yeah, it's like, end, you're watching, like, like you're watching
0: a movie like mo, uh, you know uh, Memento or something yes. it's, like yeah. it's yeah. exactly yeah. like that
2: <laughs> I'm gonna start sending text out of order intentionally so that you have to piece I'll have to together I have to start
1: getting tattoos to remind myself <laughs> <laughs> most of my characters I don't know most a lot of my characters it depends on what game we're playing playing fantasy I usually play similar characters I don't play anything too crazy apart from each other but mm. I'll change some certain things if I'm playing something much more much more story driven or Or if it's a character that I'm invested into, if I'm actually invested into it, I flesh it out more. But for the most part, I make a character, I have no idea what the personality is until I start playing, like at the beginning of a game. If we're talking about coming back to the game every week, like we do with Skies of Glass, I don't do like the whole day or anything like that. I pretty much, I'll think about it while we're sitting at the table right before we start. I think about what happened last time, what my character did, what his mindset was at that time, what he was thinking about, what's happened to him, what his plans are, some ideas of what may happen and what I would do in that situation. So I definitely try to get in that headspace. I mean, at that point, I have the character down and I know what exactly I'm doing. It's a lot easier for me to access that character. If I had to do multiple characters at the same time, that's different. That'd be kind of hard for me to do because I'm already in at one headspace. I don't want to jump from another one all the time. Right. But like, uh, I remember when we... This is somebody else's, how they do theirs, like Chad. Mine's very different from Chad's because when I start... I don't have it as fleshed out as what he does. I have a little bit of a background. I have an idea where I want it to go. And then I kind of fill it in and flesh it out from there. I make it bigger and bigger. Chad has like a full-blown, he knows the entire life story from birth for this person, has right. already worked it out in his head, exactly everything that's happened. He's right. had actual conversations with himself of situations that happen. And it's so in-depth. And it's like, good God, man. Like, <laughs> right. I couldn't imagine doing that. For almost any character, unless I was like playing myself, then it's like I'm playing myself. I know exactly how to do this. Got it. Right. But like to hear him like talk about the beginning of a character or even like in the middle of a story, then like, yeah, actually, at this point, like he did this or he thought this. It's like, oh, my God. I couldn't imagine doing that, but for the most part,
0: mine are pretty straightforward. I have a, a beginning and an end. And well, that's and you know what? That's that's, that's more than uh, some people do. Yeah, you know, I mean, some people I I call them. Uh, um, and there's nothing wrong with this this level no. of play at all. But uh, they're very much like a, a casual or you know sit and you know sit and react play or plug and play. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm going to play. You know, just hand me a character. I can play whatever you give me. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't need all of that other stuff. Yeah, And that's totally fine. And especially if for a casual game or a uh, a game where maybe you don't – maybe there's a big turnaround. There mm-hmm. you are a quick turnaround of characters. You're, you're losing, you know, attrition and, and things like that. So, you know, you don't want to invest that much, that level of depth into a character.
1: Well, when we started it, like, our Sky's a Glass game, I was told it's a brutal game. So I was like, I probably only played this character like – a month and then it'll be dead. Right. right? So I didn't want to like really dive into it. But ever since then, it's grown and grown and grown and grown. And, and we talked about it. Like, I don't know what I would do after this. Yeah. Like, and I just recently thought of an idea of what I would do and I fleshed it out way, way, way more. Right. But that was more of I didn't know the story. I didn't know like the the Sitting. world either. So it was yeah. really hard
0: to like right. come up with a background for a character that I have no idea what the world's like right there's this uh this feeling especially when you have an in-depth character that you put a lot of investment in mm-hmm. and it is in a brutal game and that character dies yeah and then you have to make another character and you go that was such an emotional drain of yeah. keeping that character up that my next character I don't want that, you know, it's almost like, I want a, a vacation character. Well, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, rebound sex or something like that. It's like, I don't want any kind of emotional involvement. I just want to get Bang this over out. with. <laughs> yeah. Get this over with so that way I can then heal and then move on to something else. And a lot of times it's funny. I've seen people who have characters that they put a lot of investment in. Lose a character, play their rebound sex character yeah. and play that character to 19th level Yeah, <laughs> because they learn to love that character. Right. Because what do you do with a character you don't give a shit about? You take risks. You take risks and it's more fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right.
3: So, I mean, I guess my process when I make a character, I start like the barest of bare bones. I say this time I want to play a magical punch fighter and then I work up from there. Actually, I get a lot of inspiration from music. I create like playlists and playlists and playlists for every single one of my characters, and I listen to them and refresh them and rework them constantly. My playlist for Joe is entirely different than it was at the start because I cycle songs out as they lose relevance and bring new songs in, and I kind of just build everything i know everything about joe <laughs> I, I could tell you what time of day she was born i i do
2: i do like some of the conversations maddie and i have about our characters because she's as nerdy about it as me and so like we've talked about what joe and heirs would do uh, like if they got married, <laughs> like we talked about their wedding, <laughs> we talked about uh, whether or not they would have a cat, what the yeah. cat's name would be, <laughs> what would happen if one of them died.
3: Uh, I wouldn't tell. Yeah. It's impolite to kiss and tell. I like to have a complete map of my characters when I play them. Before I play them, I try to have as much done as I can. Of course, I like learn things. All the time, like new dislikes uh, that I didn't even uh, consider uh, until dislikes you Dislikes actually...
2: throwing bombs in trash cans.
3: Dislikes throwing bombs in trash cans. I didn't know um, why I hadn't considered that before, but, you know, she doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> there are details that I have that Shannon doesn't know, and those details are oh, so what? important to me. Wait, there, there are missed. barely any.
4: <laughs> uh, Incorrect. Secret, secrets yeah. are no fun. Secret, you secrets. You don't hurt someone
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but see shannon knows a lot about yeah. joe a lot more than than like dorothy or Lindsay know about joe and so these small these small tidbits are mm-hmm. like they're gold
2: yeah i think that's fair because i whenever we started which we've mentioned this on this show before whenever we started resting glitch face i was going to be the gm and so i know too much about everyone's character <laughs>
1: That was your ploy. You tricked them all. Yes, it was my evil plan all the
3: time. And then you made a character that Joe would have to fall in love with. I didn't intentionally. (laughs) That actually
2: took me by surprise a little bit. Uh, And then I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Let's go with this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you didn't know, though. I was like, Joe is recently... Out of a relationship, Joe has a has a history of being a philanderer.
2: Well, yeah, I thought she was gonna be to- too hung up on uh, her ex, and then it's like, no, nope. nope.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can have so much planned out, but I am I'm kind of similar to Brandon in that I don't actually know like how the character is gonna talk or like behave with all of the knowledge that I have about them until yeah. I actually play them. Uh, I've had characters. Like Joe is supposed to be like really like hard and cold and like unfriendly and I don't I don't that's think that's, that's not that's Joe not at all. True. <laughs> um, and I have characters that were supposed to be like heartless, soulless uh, automatons, and then, oh wait, she's just a teenager.
1: I mean, you can't help but inject yourself into it at some point, yeah. especially if you give it such a blank slate, which is probably why some of my characters may have certain traits that are the same, but they're still different. Mm-hmm. right having an idea of what their lives were like you have no idea what's going to happen afterwards right yeah so it's like you have an idea of their past you kind of put that together and then that's what you build from mm-hmm. and I mean that's any character right but I think it's better to not actually not necessarily bad to have goals but not not a good idea to have like my character's gonna do this at some point, yeah. right? Like right. I don't, I don't like that because it's like such have a
0: milestone set up, yeah, like predetermined. How the something. hell do I know that's gonna happen? Like,
1: right. and we, then you're working towards something too. Maybe you're focusing on it too much and mm-hmm. missing out on other things.
2: We tried that exactly once, and it it was awesome in theory, <laughs> but the game didn't go on long enough. Uh, that was with my character. I've mentioned several times. It, uh leilani who was uh part of the valid victor Mm -hmm. uh series uh eric and i had talked about like playing a character where like you kind of know the character arc we talked about it and we did that with her and so we had a lot of big plans for what was going to happen and then well, there are a couple problems with that. One, every role she made was terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And that's that's the beauty of, of role-playing games is, you know, as opposed to, say, you know, screenwriting or short story writing or anything like that, is that there is that level of random, you know, random chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can completely change. You can have a, a, a character image of this is what my character is and roll for crap. And then you're just like... This character is not as cool in any way. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought they were going yeah. to
1: be. My character's a badass. He's great at all these things. He's so good at doing this stuff. Yes. Rolling ones nonstop exactly. all day. Do exactly. Do y'all ever
3: have like cursed characters where like certain characters you can play a- and they you roll fine, but then like this other character just can't fucking like open a door?
4: <laughs> yeah. But I think that's part of the flexibility of being a, a player, right? I mean, you you go in with an idea of what you think the character is going to be, and within ten minutes, that idea can totally change based on the situations that you find yourself in with the character.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's where the you know the collaborative story part of it comes in. And I've always said that a good game master can set up a situation, sit back, and let the players do get get in all the trouble. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and and let them set up the situations where they're going to screw things up. You can inject uh <laughs> you can in, you can inject uh uh plot points and things like that just to keep things fresh, but for the most part, the players are gonna entertain themselves.
2: As evidenced That's by true. <laughs> face, aka the Gilmore girls of Shadowrun. That's right. I can't
3: oh. go I'm so happy I'm Luke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're even wearing a Luke shirt today with yeah. the the blue plan.
3: Well, so this is this is lesbian Luke because this is the Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> no,
0: no, <yeah. laughs> so, Michael, what is what's your process when you uh, when you come up with a character concept or, you know, when you're developing a new character? I'd tell you, I'd love to say that
4: there's like a, a set process, but it really depends on the game um, for me. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, true, for sure. There's, I mean, I play in a lot of produced games, so there is an audience that, you know, there's going to be an audience, and that, to me, that impacts how you put something together versus uh, a fun game at the table. Um, For example, I'll use a a game I'm playing in right now, a Wednesday night game that I'm actually playing in with Eric. It's a uh, Starfinder game, and the build process I used to put that character together is different than the process I used to put together my character for my uh return to greyhawk DD stream on sunday nights like that stream that character i went in and we built backstories i worked with other players to develop relationships before we even started um and then when we started there was this big framework that i could kind of fall into with the character and i had a mindset ready to go and i could just kind of drop in uh with the fun game that's on wednesday nights i literally I, I I think I finished the character the afternoon before the game. And then that night, like 10 minutes before we all got onto the, onto the session, I'm sitting in here, like trying to come up with what voice I'm going to use. Like how, what what's this character going to sound like? And I sat here at my, at my desk and my wife sticks her head in and she's looking at me like, are you okay? <laughs> Is everything all right in here? Blink if blink, if you need help. <laughs> uh And you know, it's, it's different for every character. I like to say, you know, for me, it, the character kind of just speaks to me. Um, I'll come up with a, a concept for a new character for a one shot, for example, and I let that, that initial concept kind of guide the rest of the character. Uh, sometimes there'll be random stat rolls. Sometimes I have an idea for what I want them to be good at and bad at, and I'll place the points where I want them. Uh, as far as characteristics and like, and, and mannerisms, a lot of that comes out in play. Some of that may be pre-planned, but most of it comes out in my interactions with the rest of the people at the table. Like for, I'll go back to that uh, Starfinder game, the the fun game. Uh, that character is kind of a high-strung character, very energetic, very mostly positive, but then that mask slips once in a while and you get the the character that's tired of having to be this fake person all the time. Um just for is,
0: just for clarity michael and it's because it's a, such a a brilliant uh, character concept and this is a, a just for fun game so it's not like you know uh it's not broadcast anywhere so we are the only ones that get to enjoy you playing this character for the benefit of those listening and for the rest of the cast here tell me exactly what that character is uh, all about
4: so the character in in starfinder is uh is an idol and an idol is typically going to be a, somebody who is like a celebrity right it's kind of like a face they are you know, definitely are, are somebody who is trying to be well known or is well known among the populace of the the game universe. And uh, they are typically um, they're kind of I mean I would liken them to your bards, right They are going to be high energy. they're going to be typically based on either giving your uh, like bonuses to your team like they give kind of buffs to your team and the and the abilities that they have. In this case, the character is a former child star. Who, oh, my God. The kid <laughs> It's a former child star who is trying to make a comeback because the show that they were in suddenly had a resurgence of popularity.
2: Oh, you're playing so, Dickie Roberts. Kind of, I guess.
4: <laughs> uh, uh, a, like an amalgamation of a bunch of different child stars. So this character is trying to recapitalize on that popularity by getting the Starfinder Society to kind of back them. And the Starfinder Society offers this character, hey, you know will back you if you live broadcast your adventures, like live stream your adventures. So the character actually wears a set of goggles that are constantly streaming everything they do out to a Twitch-like channel, and the character's constantly got interactions going on in the feed that's running through his goggles, so people are throwing emojis up, and you know, uh, in the way we're doing it, the experience points we get at the end of a session are basically a viewer count increase for this character. Um nice. Feed can be turned on and off by removing the goggles. So there are times when things have happened, or it's been a long, long part of the session, and the character will just pop the goggles off, and the character's mannerisms completely change because they're no longer on for the camera. There's this switch in pitch, switch in tone. You know, it's a really fun kind of like duality to play at the table, especially with the group we're playing with on, on Wednesdays. That's because that they're all buying into this whole. Uh, the character's name is Skitters so uh, his popularity is called the skitter squad and that's all his viewers and everything else so and and everybody in his group is also part of the skitter squad and we've found out recently that it's actually like a <laughs> it's actually a pyramid scheme that uh, one of his fans put together so like they're trying to sell like oh my god subscriptions, subscriptions to, the Twitch, yeah. to the to the viewer channel Oh wow! Oh. <laughs> and and like and two of the, of the other three players are basically like, oh yeah, we're in. We're we're totally trying to sell subscriptions too. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So that- it's been
4: it's been a fun little a little example, a little adventure uh, to go on with this particular character, and that's totally different than everything else. Anything else I've ever played. I guess that's one other thing I like to play different characters. Like I try to find something that is unique about everything I play and. I try I try really hard not to not to bring characteristics from one character over to another. There's always, as you guys all said, there's always a little bit of you in the character, and you can't avoid that. And that's what makes characters so real to people, right? Uh the, the being able to relate to a character that you see on a stream, on something popular, or even a podcast you listen to, or sitting at a table with your friends, being able to relate to those characters uh is that human part of you that you put into the character that you give them life, right? I like to make sure that the characters I'm playing, for the most part, they they don't all share that same piece of life. They all get a little bit different part of me.
0: To give uh, a little bit more perspective, uh, for those who don't know anything about Starfinder, uh, you're playing a Yusoki, which is the little rat mm-hmm. people. That's why his yeah. name is Skitters. And what's funny to me, Mike, is that we've played in other games together where you've played – uh, you know, like the socialite or things like that in our game, we used to be friends. Mm-hmm. You played the ingenue, which was the, you know, the, the social butterfly. And that character is completely different than the social butterfly you're playing now in, 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 as Skitters. And I, I like that distinction because you could play the same type of character many times in a row and still inject something new into them.
4: And there's lots of people that do that. I mean, I have... I have friends, other people on streams who, like, they always play rangers. They always play bards. They always play barbarians because that's what they enjoy playing. But then again, they might play three barbarians in a row that are different people, that are, that are really different characters at heart. Even though they are sharing a class, like, you could put those three characters next to each other, and they would not look like characters of a barbarian. And I think that's important. I think that's, at least for myself, it's, an, it's one of the aspects of playing these games that makes them so much fun. I get to inhabit a different person every time I play. And that can be challenging with especially when you talk about headspace. There is the character I play for the the Sunday stream uh, for Return to Greyhawk. That character started as kind of a light character, and very quickly in the course of playing, that character got involved in some very dark things. And there was a four or five session arc where literally I we'd start the show on Sunday and I'd have to get into that mindset. And when we left the show, when the show was over, like three and a half hours later, I couldn't get to bed because I couldn't get myself out of the mindset. And the mindset was so dark and emotionally draining and heavy that I, I had a hard time just like switching the button off. And that's another side of like the whole character piece. Like, you know, again, when you kind of get into that headspace, sometimes you're inhabiting it so much that it's causing you to change aspects of how you think and how you behave. And, and at least for that period of time that you're in there, uh, you are that character. For better or for worse, and again, that that's something that's I like to do. I I find it helpful to get into that space. But then there are lots of people who play so much differently and and can play that character or play up the character without getting so deep into how they think and how they feel and how they react. But again, everybody kind of does it differently. That's that's kind of my approach.
0: Now, the question for the group: when it comes to emotional investment and memories, or just how that character is in your heart. Do the characters that you put all of you know that much effort and, and yourself into, do they mean more to you than a character that you do not?
1: Uh for me, not really. I guess it depends. Because I yeah, I'll have li- like uh like a like on Thursday, Poe. Like there's definitely things like that are definitely me, like getting very frustrated by ignorance and stupid shit like that, me blowing up at people. But I'm making me sound like a terrible person.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: That's uh, to the extreme. I should say to the extreme. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Um, (laughs) But um, I also do a lot of terrible things that I would never do as a person. There's things that I think that and I have to be in the headspace like, well, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) I think Poe would. Right. I, I think he would do this because. And it's not necessarily – he's not – he doesn't do terrible – he's done terrible things, but he has motivations that I've never had to experience, right? right. But I think about – I do think about what would I do in that situation? Well, maybe I would do this. This is. I mean, it's terrible, but am I going to do this to help somebody, to save somebody? Or And how am I going to act about that? Am I going to be – for the most part, he would be shitty about it. He would be very standoffish and closed. But I don't know. It's a little hard. I would say as far as, like, me caring about that character more, probably not. I really don't. I think characters that I've fleshed out more I probably care about more. Like, if I have something that I've done that, like, in the story that was really cool or, like, I really, like, connected with or really excited me, I care more about the character then. And I want to see their story go through as opposed to somebody that I inject myself into. I don't really care.
2: Um yeah, so, like, the more emotional a s- story is, and, like, the more emotionally invested my character is, like, it stands out more. Like, I've mentioned this game that Once Upon a Time was going to be an AP. I don't know if it's ever going to come, but Chris Hussey ran it for us, mm-hmm. and it was just a one-shot. But, like, that character, like, really imprinted on me, like, it, just that whole game was, like, just, like, emotionally taxing, but in a good way. Like, I still think about that character more than, like, I don't know, name any
3: character that I can't even remember their name. Right. (laughs) I feel attached to every single character that I ever make. They're (laughs) all my children, and I will talk about all of them endlessly. And if anything happens to them, I get really upset. (laughs) I've only ever had one character death that was, like, permanent, and that was exhausting.
1: Only one, wow.
3: Yeah, I've had a really good streak. I I create very survivable characters.
1: (laughs) I've got safe GMs.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had that
2: many character deaths, and I've been lucky enough that there's not been any that I've been like, Emotionally involved or like involved with that sounds like I'm
1: yeah, that sounds yeah, weird. That, that sounds
2: creepy and yeah. emotionally invested in. I don't like how you say that. I can
1: get
4: behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I got your back, Shannon.
2: <laughs> Except for the one character killed in post. It happens. I, I was very emotionally invested in her and she died after the fact.
3: Aww. No, I mean, I will say that like for the first probably for the first like 7 years of my gaming experience i i have had what i would now refer to as like training wheels gm
1: and there's nothing wrong with that there's, though there's
3: there's nothing wrong because then
1: it's more you're just having fun and you don't want because if killing someone's going to like ruin your game then
3: i don't think that character deaths ruin a game though i think that it it just tells a different story yeah but i for, like, a lot of the, the time that I've spent playing games, I never had to worry about character deaths. Um, and so I think the first time that I actually had a GM that was like, mm, she's dead. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's 90 hours of work you just destroyed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I did have a character that is similar to that. She, she didn't die, but she got all of her usefulness taken away. She was a Decker and Shadowrun Run, and basically, she got her ability to access the Matrix taken away.
0: Oh yeah, right. And your whole purpose of of being in the group.
2: What? Is it,
3: I don't I, know what's happening with Natty right now. She died. Yeah, there was, like a, there was like it was almost
0: like
4: a vapor lock for a second. Too.
3: Like, you words, can say yeah. words, and then we can words cut it. Right. Was it? Hold on. Am I am I just totally like tripping balls right now? Uh or was it uh I can't remember. Nightfall? Yeah. No, it's not Nightfall. Okay, I was like, was that from the Dragon
1: Bear? Nightfall was a technomancer. <laughs> um, yeah,
3: Nightfall. Like, totally like flipping my, my
2: No, it was a different it was a different character. <laughs> cool,
3: cool, cool. I was like <laughs> Yeah,
2: it was a different character. Uh but it was in the same Eric verse. Yeah. And so that was like more traumatic. And I had also played this character twice. We had started a campaign, I played this character, and then we started another campaign. I'm like, Hey Eric, I want to play the same character and he said it was okay. And so this happening it ruined her streak. Oh she got to play two campaigns. Oh right. But not three.
1: Mm. <laughs> <Dumber>. <laughs> so good.
4: I, I with emotional attachment, I think it's natural uh when you put yourself in when you put part of yourself into a character, uh character deaths being what they are, like I have told most of the GMs I play with that if my character dies, so be it. like as long as it's you know as long as it's happening as a function of the tale we're telling and not like a, you know, not like a, a, a double
0: high uh, five. Assassin <laughs> shooting you? No, you deserve, that. You, you deserve yeah. that. you know,
4: no, and and those things do happen too. Um, my character in <laughs> yeah, my Sunday happen. <laughs> junior Reef, That's a normal thing.
1: It. People just get high fives and blown away. <laughs> no, that's uh, you know,
4: it happens in in games with Eric. I think we can all agree with that, right? That's, yeah. Right. that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. My Sunday game. My the character I'm playing has actually died twice in the campaign, and through whatever reasons has been brought back. And both times it happened, I, you know, I had to have a conversation with the GM. I was like, if, if this is it, that's okay. Like I'm okay with it. It sucks, but that's just how that's the nature of the game. I mean, the nature of the storytelling piece, you can tell a story and not have character deaths and it can be just as impactful as one that you have a character death. But, you know, these are all, you know, characters that you submit some time to other than like, you've got one shot characters. And oftentimes a one-shot character might just kind of be a throwaway, but often, sometimes, a one-shot character can be one that you find yourself again, as Shannon kind of mentioned, like somebody that, like, suddenly this character has like really glommed onto you. Like something about the relationship that you had in making and working through that character sticks with you. You know, so I think that all really depends on the game. Uh, and again, a lot of my answers are going to be like, it depends. <laughs> I don't take hard, I don't take hard sides because I feel like the way I play is a way and not the way. But that's what we want to know
0: about. What is
4: the way, Michael? What is the way?
2: (laughs) No, I Uh I I meant his way. (laughs) Do you know Uh, With mine,
4: you know, I haven't gone through a lot of character deaths myself. I think I've, in my history of playing, I've been playing since I was like, uh, you know, nine or ten. So I would say probably 85, 86 I've been playing role-playing games. And um, I've had a handful (laughs) of characters die in that time. Sometimes, most of the time, it's because the games never actually finish. Groups fall apart and Mm -hmm. the characters the wayside. So that character gets to live just by proxy, by noth- by the fact that nothing else happened to them, they stayed alive.
0: That's a uh, that's a really good point. You know, we talk about, you know, an emotional investment in a character and then character death, but death isn't always the way you lose a character. If we were yeah.
1: talking about that, that's different. I've had tons of characters that I've tried I've been um, invested in and then all of a sudden we just don't ever play it again and I'm mm-hmm. yeah. And then mm-hmm. I th- I think about that character more when I'm playing the next game. Cause I'm like, I don't fucking play this character. This character sucks. My other character <laughs> kicked this character's ass. <laughs> like,
4: I've actually brought and and I've, Shannon mentioned it too. Like, there's been times where I've per, I've brought a character from another game, another like from five years ago. I bring that character back. I'll rebuild them, kind of bring that character back to the surface and play them in a different campaign with different people because yep. I liked that character enough.
0: Yep.
2: Part of my character sheet organization used to be I had a folder of characters that might come back. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Some people go, oh, "That's lame. You need to make a brand new character every time you make a character." And that's bullshit. Authors do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. If they they'll they'll make a short story or something that just doesn't gel, but they really liked some aspect of a character that they made, and they'll take that character out and put it in another another story in another environment, I've and it completely that. works.
4: Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes characters don't come back whole. Sometimes a character comes back as an inspiration for another character. Like Yeah. People live on through us after they've passed. And sometimes characters live on through other characters as they've passed.
0: That's exactly right. There's been a couple of examples of of exactly that. I played a... Uh, Pathfinder character that I really liked, but I unfortunately, because life happened, I wasn't able to play the character very much. Uh, and he was a, he was a half orc barbarian. Corlos. And yeah, Yeah. and he was, uh, he acted a certain way and I really enjoyed playing that character. So then when I started another game, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play another character like that. I'm, I'm going to port over some of Corlos's. Personality into this other game and this other character. I, w-
2: I was actually going to bring up, like, you know, we were talking about emotional attachments and stuff. And it's like, I wanted to talk about like being emotionally invested into someone else's character. And Corlos is one for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved Corlos and it sucked that you had to do whatever life things. and <laughs> 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 didn't yeah, get Carlos to keep playing him. And like, there have been several characters where other people have been playing them. And I've been like, okay, so I'm going to create this backstory between our characters and then they stop playing it like our friend Aaron who's been on the show a couple times is the worst person to make character backstories with because he he tries to kill I think he he commits character suicide a lot
1: oh yeah he definitely he'll jump on the sword a lot I thought you were gonna say he has a baby every year which (laughs) oh
2: that's another yeah that's another thing
1: he'll be gone for at least like 10 to 11 months uh, normally
0: you would you would black bag somebody just to bring him in and make him you know so that way you could game we all have to black bag him just so we can give him a vasectomy
1: <laughs> actually you know i had a character that was attached to him though and he was there all the time which actually worked out but i know exactly what you mean corlos was important to that game at least for us just because i hated my character so i lived vicariously through because <laughs> he played the character exactly how i wanted to play the game and i was playing a ranger and i hated it it was awful and it was too i was like no just stay- and then I eventually just stopped coming because <laughs> I hated that character so much.
0: That's uh, an important distinction too. Is playing the the character, and uh, when you're talking about my process, and you're talking about uh, living vicariously through another uh, character because you hate your character and things like that, I always go into the process and don't think is this when I when I'm finished with a character, if I'm finished with a character concept or something like that, the very last thing I ask myself is not is this character right for me, but Am I right for this character? Right. Because there are, you can play a character that is completely outside of not, not just can do, but really should do. And. When you do that, sometimes you do a disservice to the to the character, and you end up hating the character. Yeah, you know, it's like, am I right for this? Is this character right for me? Maybe. Is this character right for the group? You know, I'm filling this niche.
1: That's kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what that character was. I made a character that'd be perfect for Mike, but Mike was running the game. It's a character that was kind of like didn't really want to get involved in everything, but was always there to help out and do things. Right. Right. That's kind of how Mike plays a lot of times, and it was. Not me. That's not how I play games. I usually am at the forefront or at somewhere near it, and I that character was just terrible. Yeah, I you, hated that
0: character. You need to be the, the the character that jumps off the balcony into twenty dudes.
1: Yes, that's me. That's what I like to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, talking about making a character that maybe was for somebody else, even right, you've done that for me. Uh, like probably some of my favorite characters in the last however many years have been ones that you've made. And made for you, made for me. Okay, because I think a lot of times you know what I want to play more than maybe what I know I want to play. Because I like <laughs> because I'll think, oh yeah, I'll do that because that sounds really cool. Like, and then I'll start it. Mm-hmm. But then there's been games where I'm like, okay, I kind of want to do this. And then usually you'll come up with something, and I'm like, mm, okay. And then I'm like, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> hands down. He he has uh, Brandon has a lot of, a lot of like he knows a character concept that he wants, but then like. Whenever he goes to make the character, it'll just end up being wrong.
1: Yeah, it's not exactly how I wanted it to turn out, either from game mechanics or stats or something. Or roles or things like that. And and I'm like, "Ah, this is not how I want it to be. Because I'll have, I mean, this kind of goes with the beginning of where we started, but I'll have a concept usually of what I want that character to be like. I don't have it fleshed out for what it's going to you know how that character is going to act or how gonna, mm-hmm. but I know what that character is supposed to be capable of right that's what I know whether it's a, a strong brute or it's a, a smart a-hole uh right. like it I have an idea but I don't a lot of times it, sometimes it doesn't like flesh out and it makes
0: me sad well and sometimes well the dice doesn't don't roll for you right or some yeah. the situation well, let me doesn't let
2: about dice not rolling for you, right? <laughs> but that's a whole—that's a different episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But uh, something that I have noticed that you do, Brandon, is you'll base a character concept off of, let's say, an anime that you like, and or like a comic book or, or a comic or book character. <laughs> and then when that character doesn't pan out like the source material, yeah. you're let down. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's not really what I wanted to play, and that's yeah. you know, it's mostly because the si- it's not the same situation, or maybe the dice don't roll well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you've played Batman-like characters before. Oh hell yeah! But then you also play Batman. Uh, Batman was great. It and and, was and see when you're when you're actually playing that character, the character that you instead of basing it off of, you're playing the actual mm-hmm. character. I feel like. Some people think that that's cheesy. Oh, why would you play a game where you're playing an established character like Batman? But if you love Batman, exactly. Who doesn't want to be Batman? Brandon has never been more in his element. (laughs) Well, yeah, when I did the Batman thing. So I I also recommend that. If you want to base characters off of uh, source material, that's totally fine.
1: Well, yeah, that's like my first uh, Shadowrun character. Based off Marv from Sin City. Yeah. I told you, I want to play Marv. And you said, okay. I can do that as a troll. Sure. You made me Marv. He was Marv. Like, he was able to just jump in, do stuff, get completely wrecked, but nothing ever happened to him, and was fine. And that was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. I've
2: always wanted to play a Vash the Stampede-like character, and I can't ever do it because that requires rolling well. It, it does. <laughs> yeah, because you have to
1: fake being terrible, but you're actually great.
3: Right, and I am just actually terrible. <laughs> yeah. I came to the realization uh, a couple weeks ago that I'm actually just playing Goku. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh
4: my god! I think the only the only character I've consciously ever created that was based on something else or based on a an archetype or something from another me, a media source is probably the first D D character I ever made. Uh, that was like my character that I put together, and it was basically a rip off of Drizzt. Like no. you know, mm-hmm. it was a combination of Drizzt and like a couple of comic book uh, guy p- characters I had made up uh in my spare time uh and i really tried to kind of like dig into the whole you know like i'm so lonely the world will never understand me
1: uh
4: or at least that i felt like he had at the time
1: i mean again yeah. i was in my i was in my teens no it perfectly uh, makes sense you were in your teen <laughs> <That's in the laughs> normal <laughs> character
4: yeah but uh but other than that i feel like i try to do stuff that's For the most part, original to me now, you know, obviously everything is based off something. Everybody gets information, inspiration from other things. So original is a really kind of like, you know, it's a loaded term. I actually really enjoy when characters go off the rails for me and do things that I wouldn't do otherwise. Um. That's one of those like challenging pieces that, that makes the characters fun to play for me. Like so, uh, before when I referenced being in like really bad headspace, part of that was that this character had made decisions that effectively got two thirds of the party killed. Mm, nice. Had to, and the character was also like had you know had obviously had feelings for those party members, uh, you know, as a relationship piece, but then had to be in this mindset where they were uh, making these decisions because that was what they thought that was right to do. What they were they were doing what they thought was the right thing. That being said, for those five sessions that I had that really kind of emotional backlash on that character, I hated that character. I walk every time I left that session, I was like, I was like, fuck this guy. Like I don't like playing this. But it was also kind of a personal challenge for myself that I had to kind of work through in in, in regards to the rest of the people affected, the rest of the table that was playing, but then also the story we were telling. Like I, I owed it to myself to like see it through and and see what was gonna happen. That being said, oh yeah, I absolutely 100 hated that character for that length of time. I, I didn't like thinking about him, didn't like talking about him. When I had to get into his headspace before the session, I was, I was dreading it. But I think that's also part of putting yourself out there in, into different situations. You know, making yourself think and do things that you wouldn't normally do, in you know, not only just your real life, but even your own personality, getting outside of that. And I think it's a way to kind of inform yourself and grow yourself as well because putting yourself in those situations makes you really think about how would i deal with this if i had to do that right that's
2: that's actually one of my favorite things about redemption is how it seems like you you guys all kind of do that like one of my favorite things about your podcast is whenever uh whenever the character nate or the person nate had to leave like Everybody understood, like, you know, he's got a life. But then your characters all mourned, basically, his character. It's,
4: that was a long process uh, in character and even and out of character. You know, out of character, things happen, lives happen, and you have to adjust. And we all understood that. But, you know, from an in-character perspective, uh, you know, it we had just kind of gotten to the point in character where we had all kind of felt like okay a family we're a cohesive family unit we've become this family that nobody was nobody had family uh, and then to have one of those family members just basically like be like asta got to go um <laughs> it you know it really like put the rest of the group the rest of the character group through turmoil and playing through that in the game you know and maybe it's therapeutic in a way too like It helps you process things that are going on in your own life as well. It's a weird juxtaposition, but, uh, you know, having to play this character leaving also kind of played in the way that real life happened because, you know, Nate had to leave the show. He, he had the kid. So you, anybody who's had kids knows that or has friends who've had kids knows that you basically lose that person for a number of years. You might get to see them on occasion you know, and you might get to spend time with them on occasion, but the closeness that you may have had before this huge responsibility came into their life changes. And us playing out that that morning period in the game also helped us come to terms with the fact that we really didn't get to see or spend time with Nate anymore. Like he left the show, but then also kind of left our lives at the same time just because of the circumstances. So it was a way for us to therapeutically kind of play through it. I, we didn't know it at the time. I don't think, you know, it wasn't something that we consciously planned. It just kind of <laughs> happened that way. It's actually um, really cool. Yeah. But it, that's just it, looking back in hindsight, it was actually us kind of letting go of him in game and in real life as well. That, that separation piece. But thank you, uh, Shannon for bringing that up. That's actually really, it's a really interesting part of how we play redemption. The characters that we are playing are imperfect and like we love the fact that. The cast isn't a happy-go-lucky cast. There's a lot of conflict between the characters. There's a lot of love between the characters, but there's a whole lot of conflict. And that's part of what makes that, that, uh, that game so much fun to play. And so those characters, are so much fun to inhabit is to us, they've become real people. They are real characters that we have, that we think about and make decisions for and consider how what they do impacts the rest of the people around them. You know, it's, it's a neat fr- mindset to be able to be in when you're playing a character like that
0: and the thing i love about it so much is and i'm talking about redemption i'm talking about some of the other um uh, excellent uh uh podcasts and even just game sessions is you can always tell when the players are all pulling in the same direction because the stories are so much more personal yeah. and you're able to actually identify with the characters and things like that and that's what makes i honestly that's what makes uh redemption it's what makes uh resting glitch uh, what and uh, skies of Glass. It, it makes these yep. things so much more rich because the players have invested that much emotion and themselves into the game.
1: I was going to mention something. You guys mourned your friend that left. But when our character, one of our friend's character died, none of us batted an eye.
0: Well, <laughs>
1: the, well, we, well the, the, the big difference is we the player left also. Yeah, no, no. I understood that completely. But the whole time I was thinking, man. Even like from a story standpoint none of us were like oh no junior <laughs> like we were all just like thank god.
0: Well
2: and that's because <laughs> That was the- also because of the type of character junior was.
1: Right. Yeah. But yeah. N- it, no it's just Sorry. it was just interesting but that's actually really cool. I love I love the idea that you guys had a chance to almost not necessarily say goodbye to your friend like they're they're gone, gone in mm-hmm. life but like say goodbye to your friend for gaming. That's really cool. That's just kind of
4: how it played out. Like I said, nobody planned it. It was it. And the way that we left it also left it open. So, uh, you know, that person can come back, you know, Nate as a player can come back and play that character. If we if we find a way that his character can work back into or have a short story arc, it'll be interesting to see if that ever plays out. But again, you know, th- there wasn't a death in this particular case. The character parted ways with the rest of the group and, like, went on to live their life in Chase the Star and
2: Wars Jason <laughs> Chase <Yeah. and> tail.
4: Chase <laughs>
0: <laughs> Following,
4: I, I like, I prefer to call that one following uh, his, uh, his soulmate. <laughs> following...
0: Just, <laughs> yeah, just trying out different ones until he finds the right one. Is that what it is? No, 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 he's, no, no, no. no he's chasing <laughs> no, no, no. a
2: singular tail.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's chasing one particular Jedi tale. <laughs> yeah. and uh, and we we'll see how that. We know how that plays out in the canon world uh, <laughs> with that particular Jedi, but uh, in this uh, in our world and our story, uh, who knows where that'll be. Maybe they'll come back
0: to kind of put a pin on this. Getting into the character's headspace, things like that. I think that there's a certain process that you have to go through, you know, when whether it comes from having a backstory or even just a basic concept of where this person came from. I, I love the the quote of, you know, a three-dimensional character has to have three dimensions. They have to have the the history of the past. They have to have the emotions of the now and the goals of the future. Yeah. So If you don't have these things, even an idea of where you want them to go, I think you're cheating yourself and you're cheating the character out of at least something. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. It could just be as much as I want a holy Avenger. That's all I ever want is I I want a holy Avenger because my father had one and it was stolen. There you go. Yeah, there's your story getting these things and and thinking about them and and putting yourself in in the situations or at least the headspace of the character and like, what would they do in this? One of the things that I love to do when I play is be present at the game. And doing podcasts, uh, actual play podcasts is very easy to do that because you've got heads headphones on usually you're 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 hearing what everybody's saying very clearly and things like that. but it doesn't always work that way when you're sitting at a table. So being present, I think the rule number one for me is, I am not on my phone yeah. when we're, when I'm playing a game mm-hmm. and that's because I it's not just that's because a, you're running <laughs> usually but um, uh but when I'm playing also and it's and not it, not only do I think of it as a respect thing but it's also I'm missing out on so much of the story. Yeah. When I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm on the fo- on my phone, I'm yeah. not hearing how my group mates or my teammates or whatever mm-hmm. what they're doing. I'm missing story and I'm here for story time. Yep. Plot is happening all around you, and you just got to listen to it. And then yep. it's, so, it's so easy to do because you just listen. Yeah. You, you don't even have to be an active participant. The other thing that I like to do, and it helps me with my my character development, is especially in a game, let's say like Skies of Glass, where I'm sitting there, and everybody at that table loves to role play. Resting glitches the same way. They sit around and and like they'll pair off in groups, and they'll do, you know, let's go do this. Let's see how these characters interact. And rather than not pay attention or get on my phone, I'm listening to what they're saying. And it's not just because the plot's happening, but also looking at myself going, how would my character react to this situation? Or if my character was asked that question, what would I have said? Yeah. You know, not in that my character's better or better to respond to that, but just it, it keeps me thinking about that character and how that character is thinking. That's what I do.
2: One of I my favorite things about resting glitch face is when a lot of times, whenever people will pair, pair off the other people at the table, will end up texting about what's happening <laughs> at the table so that they're not interrupting the story
0: right? Right. when they're right. still talking that's about a good, it. That's a very yeah. good point. That is a very good point in Who's modern. Bitch, I'll kill him. <laughs> if, if, yeah. I'll if, kill uh, him. Yeah. You know, with modern technology. There is no reason to have a side conversation in the middle of a game. There is not. You can sit there and you can ask somebody a question or whatever, but I mean, I've been in games where people were having three or four side conversations when I'm trying to one-on-one with somebody else. And it's like, hey, just can we talk here? Because I'm trying to have a conversation. With modern technology, there's no reason to even talk at the table. Yeah,
1: Chad and I do that a lot, but usually it's in character, you, yeah,
0: you guys are like – you. Get, well, I can't remember the name of the characters, but you two are like the uh, the two old men in the balcony of the Muppet Shop. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, we we constantly will be listening to conversations happening. Like, <laughs> and <it's always> like, <laughs> I yeah. can't believe these idiots are – Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. We do that a lot, yeah. And then for me also at the table to get into the flow of the character, uh, a few things that I, I believe in is physicality. So having a token – if my character smokes a pipe, go go to Goodwill, buy a pipe. I
1: know, I need a pipe so bad, Eric, I know. Keep pointing it out. <laughs>
0: I, I have a I have a pipe. You can have pipe. I do need a, a pipe.
1: pipe. Now every time every time Poe uses his pipe, I try to like just hand gesture it. It's not the same. <laughs> it's just like, ah, I feel lame. I feel like I'm really different w-
2: with that cuz like I don't
0: But you're a fidgeter too.
2: Yeah, I fidget in general like <laughs> like right now yeah right now i'm i'm <laughs> playing with a hair clip um <laughs> yeah but i feel like there's like there's a lot of distance between what shannon is doing and what the character is doing like i don't like i feel i feel like a separation so like i'll even sometimes i'll, I'll be completely stone face like not necessarily stone?
4: stone. is
2: fine too. <laughs> yeah. No, not stone. Just stone face. But like my character will be happy and I'll be saying happy things. But that's just because like I have a disconnect.
1: Sure. Between that. Well, a lot of times it's you're not really you're not saying happy things. You're saying my character says happy things, or something like that.
2: No, I mean like in care, like in character. Yeah.
0: Another thing that I like, and um, I don't do it nearly as much as I've seen other people. It's all about like body positioning and gestures, ticks, things like that. I have to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, like if I was telling Brandon just the other day, there is a uh, in skies of glass as of right now, uh, I'm going from one character that I play to another character that I've played and to, and they are completely different characters. So I have to physically adjust how I'm sitting at the table. And get myself in a different position because if I'm sitting the way I was when I was playing Jack, when I play Junior, it's completely different.
1: Well, Jack's like a military guy. So he's like stand up. And almost. I, and I do that on and purpose. And Junior is like a snively little shit. So he like, <laughs> he like leans forward and looks up at everybody. Right.
0: And that's the other part of it is he's physically yeah. smaller than everybody. So I get myself in a smaller space yeah. to look up at everybody.
1: Um, I have to, I usually, especially at that table, If I'm not like sitting up or I'm like leaning forward, I'm not involved. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm leaning back, which I have narcolepsy and we record really late. So sometimes I'm like tired and I'm trying to like stay awake. but And it has (laughs) nothing to do with the game. It's just me. But like if I'm leaning forward, it helps me a lot more with being involved. And you'll notice the games that I am. Cause I'm leaning fucking forward. Like right. I'm actually actively trying to be in the middle of everything, making eye contact with people and things like that. But it just depends if I, but if I, if I do like dialogue that I've worked out already in my head, I will I normally don't do eye contact unless it's like aggressive. If, if it's aggressive, I'll do eye contact. If right. it's not, I won't look because then I'm kind of reading them off in my head, but I'll do like physical gestures and stuff. Like the one time where um, I like slammed the table and everybody was like, Oh shit. But that was part of the role play. And no one expected that. And some people jumped up. Right. I try to at least incorporate something. Because if you're just sitting there, it's like, "Mm, I'm just reading off lines. It feels like almost, you know. Right. Eye
4: contact is one of those things, too, where like when you're playing remotely, uh, you know, that's a part that you miss. Yeah. Like uh, we record we record redemption around the table. So like it's we're all in the same room. We're all playing together. Well, three of the four of us are in the same room. And Andy
2: flies out (laughs) regularly. Andy Andy flies (laughs) out
4: from Colorado once once a month. No. Uh, but, uh, the three of us around the table, especially when we have very emotionally tense scenes, we have found that we have to avoid making eye contact because it will make it almost impossible for us to get through the scene without having some kind of an emotional response. I know, uh, there was one time, well, it's happened a number of times, but one time that really sticks out was that my character, uh, had been having, had found that his father was alive and there was an adventure to kind of find his father again. And there was a point when Chris was playing the character of the father. And he and I were having a conversation, and we could like he looked up at me at the same time I was looking at him, and we started to talk, and we both lost it. Like we couldn't, we had to like just go off for like about five minutes so we could collect ourselves, like wipe up the tears, like get everybody clear again, so we could have the emotional conversation without the the physical baggage. And the the eye contact piece was just such a I didn't expect it. I guess it was one of the first times it's ever happened where it was that heavy. And I didn't realize that just looking at Chris while I was saying these things was going to trigger me so hard to have such a physical reaction to what we were, what we were talking about. Same thing has happened with Kaylee, uh, in our show. Like she and I have gone multiple times. Our characters have gone head to head and had some very kind of li- livid arguments. And we've realized that if, if we're making eye contact or these arguments, we'll actually start to take it personally. Right. Like we we will get to that point where we are, are we really characters talking about this or is this us having a conversation right now because it's feeling like it's us even though it's not it's just something that we don't have like I don't ever have that problem with remote games because even if I'm looking at the camera and like and Eric is looking at the camera looking back at me that connection isn't the same
1: I feel like personally I play much better in person every remote game I've ever tried to do and this is even the most recent one we did it's not that it's hard to play the game it's hard to be it's hard for me to role play as much. Yeah. Because I play off of how somebody is reacting to what I'm saying and what I'm doing. So like there were so many times where like we were doing our uh uh our challengers game and like it would have been so much better if we were all in person. Yeah. If we were so if we were all in person, I don't think i played uh my character horribly or anything, but I think it would have just come across so much better. Right. And I would have been probably not more invested, but more more into the role play itself cuz it's so hard to look at it like like even this right here we only have two squares but if we had everybody remote you've got a ton of squares and you can see how everybody's reacting at the same time right. and it's it's hard to focus on who you're actually talking to and then they may not even be looking at you they're probably, right. probably like looking at their desk or doing whatever so it's hard to like just throw dialogue at a microphone and just it's almost like you're not even playing with anybody Right. It's almost like you're playing just a regular like some kind of computer game that has real live recordings or something. I don't know. Right. But it's it's very different. It's very different. Or even like uh, oh, yeah. when I tried to play L Five R, that was like impossible for me. I barely knew if I was being addressed. Right.
0: So well, that was that was a, a purely voice game off yeah, of Skype. That and, was that yeah. was that was rough. Yeah. Talk about playing late and things like that. And it's like you know I don't. Playing this game, I don't know if people are even listening, or are even at the desk, or asleep. No. I can't even tell.
1: I do think it's great that you can play remotely, but I think it's it's definitely best in person. If you're trying to do those things, if you're trying to be emotionally invested, and you're trying to like actually convey those things,
2: yeah, it's really hard for me to play remotely as well because like I'm, I very much so like feed off of the energy at the table, yep. and
3: if it's remote, like that's just gone. I have I have no uh, experience with remote play. I've always done it all live.
1: Well, the other part of the the challengers game was my character had an accent. And I think I did the accent very well the first game, but then I just dropped it because I was like, "There are people watching me," and now I'm like, "I don't, I don't know who the hell these people are." <laughs> like, right. I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, and I don't know if I want to keep this up for like people just coming in and just. And then I got yeah, like, like what's anxious.
4: up with this guy
0: that's, doing this horrible accent? No, hey, no, that's accent. actually a
4: very good point too. By playing in streamed games or by playing in, uh, in just like remote games, right? You never really know, you know, unless you are close friends with the people you're playing with, you don't know. How your take on a character's accent is going to, or an accent in particular, is going to be taken by the rest of the table. One little note to say that when you are creating a character, when you're kind of imbuing that character and embodying that character, it's still very important that you take into account the fact that you are presenting something to people. Whether that is the people at your table or people that are watching you on a stream and that, uh, you know, not to play into things like stereotypes or stereotypical accents or, you know, things that would be characters of someone's personality or culture. It's something that takes, you have to actually put a little more extra thought into because I know there's been plenty of times where I've thought, Oh, I'll give the character this accent. And then the moment I sit down and the moment I try to do the accent, I'm like, I can't do the accent because every time I do the accent, it sounds like. I'm playing a cartoon character from the thirties. Yeah. Right. And yeah. You, you can't do that. Uh, that's just not acceptable.
1: Yeah. and I, Like the accent, th- and I normally don't try accents usually when I'm doing things, unless like, I'm really comfortable with, it. if I did like a Southern accent or something, I'd be fine. But this was like Cuban accent almost. Right. And it was great the first night. And then like, I was like, uh, and I kept asking, I was, like, was it good? Really? Like, was it good? Mm-hmm. And then I was just too self-conscious about it. And I didn't want to like, Every And I would actually practice like certain words to get into it because, you know, if you say certain words, it'll help you like get kind of like your mouth to sort of do that accent. But Mm -hmm. then I was like, is it worth this every time we play this game? Like, I don't know if I want to do 40 minutes of these like exercises for myself to get into this this voice when it's like I could just not do it because I don't know actually how it's going to be perceived. It may have been good that one time, but that was that one time and then i just kind of stopped doing it
0: yeah it's it's tough i mean to to get into a, a into a character space like that where you're talking yeah. about a you know different a, culture the, the, different cultures way of speech and and michael you're right it's like all of a sudden you know where does it go from your your character development to now you're being Belittling yeah. that, or your your its a uh, uh, stereotyping or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, it's probably better you just don't do it at all. Yeah. You know, unless unless you're a trained—you know—you you have that dialect down, mm-hmm. and you know, or whatnot. I don't. It's usually probably pretty safe just to stay away. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, of it, course, we had course. a blast. If you want to yeah, join thanks, us man. anytime, you are more than welcome, sir. Anytime you
4: need someone to fill in and, uh, and, you know, provide... You can
0: fill our slots anytime, sir. I I, I would love to. Uh, I'm more of a -a one-at-a-time person myself.
4: Uh, But, uh, you know... He was uh, talking about...
1: Eric and my that's uh, exactly right yeah, that's, no no of
4: course yeah that's, that's, that's fine
1: I, I made no assumptions that's, that's
2: still uh, got a face
0: <laughs>
4: Eric speaks two for
2: faces me. actually I that's think right. Maddie made a so.
0: there were two faces. <laughs> yeah, no, Eric speaks yeah, for me no, no worry. <laughs> again
4: uh, no slots being filled um, uh, I'll be happy to participate in your group discussions anytime you need oh, Okay. Uh, thank
0: you for clarifying that now, now we have our, the, we have that clear I think we'll end it there and we'll talk to you guys next time <laughs> thanks everybody see ya